This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And let me tell you something. This is episode 609. And I am here with Brandon. And we are going to be joined besides by Chris. And make sure that you check out all of the past episodes. Markinout.com. Over on Spotify over on Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you may be listening to podcasts. Make sure that you subscribe, you download, and you give it that five-star rating, which you know it does deserve. Go ahead, buy a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash out as well. Head on over to Twitter, give a follow. Head on over to Instagram, give a follow. Head on over to Twitch, give a follow. Head on over to TikTok, give a follow. Head on over to YouTube, give a subscribe, and then head on over to Facebook and slap that like button. But that being said, as you heard before, I am here with Brandon. So Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Rocking and rolling, living the dream. How was your week? It was a, it was solid. It was solid. It was a good week. Um, it was a very good week. It was nice and, uh, relaxing, you know. We had, a uh, Yom Kippur the other day. So, fasted. Had an easy fast, which was always, uh, nice. It's nice when it's an easy fast and not a difficult one. But everything is good. What about on I your, I feel like uh, when we were kids, it was a lot more difficult. <laughs> I agree with you. I feel like as a kid, but it, like... like <laughs> I live my life daily and, and sometimes don't eat till late. Yeah, it's like you're as a kid you're like suffering. But as you're And now you're it's like you're... they literally call it intermittent fasting or whatever. Like it's a legit like I don't do it for dietary reasons, but people mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's very, very true. Uh yeah, what else did you do this year? weekend uh, though? Fifty we're in fifty seven eighty three now. Fifty seven eighty three. I would have to uh, consult my rabbi to confirm. I'm almost certain that's what year it is. Or or just have to consult Google. Um, but, we'll go with 5783. Uh, 57, Sounds good to me. 5783. There you go. So what my else? How was week, your weekend? I decided to try to make mashed potatoes this past weekend. Never done that from scratch. I know... People are like, oh, boxed mashed potatoes, etc. I would I don't like boxed mashed potatoes in okay. the first place. I, I'm not a huge mashed potato fan. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. I'm I'm like I was craving mashed potatoes, so I made them. It turned out pretty good. There you go. I put parsley in them, I put garlic in them. I boiled the garlic with the potatoes so they were able easy to, to smash together. That sounds good. Put in some butter, salt, pepper, maybe some other uh, spices and stuff. I thought it was pretty good. That, and then that I, good. I decided to try to make some gravy. Okay. It was decent, maybe a bit too garlicky, but I've mm-hmm. never made that from scratch either. So 
I enjoyed that as well. There you go. Especially I did, not uh, having like pan drippings or anything. I just made it from water. Well, good job. Because I didn't have chicken. Oh, no, I made it from chicken stock. I didn't have uh, beef stock. All right. But you made it through. Yeah, and then you I decided, uh, because I had leftover mashed potatoes, I decided to pan sear a steak, which I really hate doing. But it came okay. out good. I really do go. hate doing that, though. But uh, I did that with some caramelized onions, ate it with some uh, some corn and mashed potatoes, gravy. It's delicious. Very cool, very cool. I did uh, catch up on Disney, Marvel yeah. TV shows. I, am, uh, I watched. I watched. By the time Moon this comes out, I'll be caught up with She Hulk. She Hulk, yeah. Caught up yet? I'll be caught up with that. Uh, I did watch all of Moon Knight. I thought Moon Knight like was it? good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Moon Knight more than I Hawkeye, thought... or did you not watch Hawkeye yet? I didn't watch Hawkeye. I skipped Hawkeye, went to Moon Knight instead. And I really Moon... didn't like Moon Knight at all. I don't know. That's what I heard from some people, too. But I I really enjoyed Moon Knight. I liked the action of it, but I also liked the... I like those um, TV shows that have that psych aspect to it with the multiple personalities. So I was a fan of that. Uh, it's like similar to uh, Legion, the TV show Legion. I, you weren't a fan right. of that, right? No. Yeah, like I like I was a big fan of that, so it's very similar to that. Um, I also started, I did, I started watching uh, Loki, as well. Um, started watching Loki as well. I'm a fan so far. I'm a fan. Yeah, I like so, Loki. That's getting a second season, I believe. Shouldn't all of them be getting second seasons, or no? Not necessarily. I guess no. if it leads into the movies and stuff, you don't really need it man like i don't i don't think uh wandavision's getting a second season that was just like a one and done one and done yeah i guess wandavision doesn't really necessarily need a second season especially because of the impact on like doctor strange you know like that multiverse movie i feel like after that you don't really need another wandavision to have all of that again right you know but yeah so uh, also, I feel like uh, it's become a weekly thing. We should mention Aaron Judge. <laughs> Aaron Judge's yeah. record. Yeah, he did break the record. Uh, Sixty-two home runs. He broke the record. Uh, thank goodness Zach Hample did not catch the ball. So that's a good thing. Um, yeah, but huge. I saw achievement. somebody dive down. Like an idiot. I don't know if they fell. If they fell, it looked like not an idiot, but it looked like they dove. Yeah, it looked like they jumped down to get the ball. Uh, still very stupid, especially from that high up at Texas State. Unless they did fall. No, it looked. Not, it looked like I don't think that's that high up. No, I think I think it was that stadium that somebody uh, unfortunately f- uh, fell during. And from uh, over died. by the warning track. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, it was. I, I think it was. It never, uh, didn't seem like it was that high up. Yeah, I think it was in Texas that that took place. But <sighs> That's yeah, Texas. I mean, yeah. And then uh, the Mets, you know, uh, talk about a bummer. You know, going down three games against Atlanta. That's so sucked. they're out. No, no, no. But they they lost a division to Atlanta. They were they 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 had the opportunity to become division champions, but they blew it 
to Atlanta over the weekend, which sucks. But they did achieve 101 victories, and they are still in the playoffs. But now instead of having a bye and being division champions, they have to face the Padres, I believe. And then if they Mm. win that, they'll have to face the Dodgers. I just purchased a new Mets shirt today. What shirt? Uh, It's just a Mets shirt. I'm not going to describe it to you. Sure. I purchased a Mets shirt because in a previous a few months ago, I was using uh, crazy glue. Uh huh. And it dripped on my Met shirt. One of my favorite oh. T-shirts was a Met shirt. Okay. And it uh, it instantly ripped. It like it cracked. The shirt cracked. Ripped. It, like instantly dried and it cracked. I I've never seen that ever before. Wow. So there's like two or three like holes now in that med shirt. So and it's not the same exact med shirt that I bought to replace it with, but that's crazy. I I had I've never ever seen anything like that. It literally it instantly hardened and and cracked. Yeah, yeah. That's that sucks. So, I know. Um but I, before we yeah. move on to pro wrestling on to Monday Night Raw, I should say the unfortunate news came out today that Sarah Lee, 2000, uh, 2015 Tough Enough winner, passed away at the age of 30. I know we were big supporters of her on Tough Enough because she was so likable. Yeah. And she only wrestled a handful of matches before being released from WWE. Her and Wesley Blake started a family together, and they've been married since 2017. It's just very, very unfortunate our condolences go out to her family and her friends. Yeah, it's very just, sad. Again, very yeah. sad. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, but let's move on to some sports entertainment, pro wrestling, talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Opening up with the Judgment Day where Finn Balor spoke about Edge and how he'll make him quit, and then Damian Priest is looking forward to Balor making Edge say I quit. Dominic hates Rey Mysterio. And then Rey and AJ came out for their match, which they lost. And I really wasn't into this match for some reason. I was not into it either. I definitely agree with you. I didn't find... I I did like the one spot. It took too long for it to happen, but I thought... It was a good spot overall. I liked when Balor was knocked out lying against uh, lying on the ropes, and Damian Priest was able to push AJ th- AJ Styles through the ropes without it actually being cheating because he was mm-hmm. just passed out on the rope. Yeah, so I liked that spot. But Rhea Ripley prevented Rey Mysterio from from being tagged in. AJ Styles ends up countering Finn Balor and Damian Priest off of that hits a double DDT, but. Dominic, during the match, begs Rey Mysterio to hit him again. And behind the referee's back, Rhea Ripley knocks him down. And yeah, now, like, Rhea Ripley's sneak attacks are always, like, so stiff, too. And then AJ Styles was pissed off at Rey Mysterio afterwards. And he even pushed him. Yeah, are and we then the Judgment Day attacked join? AJ. I don't know. They attacked him. I mean... I don't know. It's very possible that they end up joining. Uh, he ends up joining Judgment Day. Later on, Edge spoke about how since he's come back, we've pretty much known him as Adam, 
and he spoke about returning from his injury and the pain that he walks in every single day and how he's also responsible for the judgment day. So he has to take them out. I feel like we've heard that before. Yeah, that's been his thing that I started them and I have to take them out and then he get he gets taken out and yeah. And he said none of them are going to be making him say I quit, so. Which I don't know. I can't I don't want to see Edge come out as winner against them. You know, I get it. like I feel like he maybe has to, but I don't see the no, benefit I think of we, Edge. I think we could see AJ involved perhaps. Maybe preventing Edge from picking up the victory. That's a possibility. I mean, otherwise, I can't see Edge. Like, I don't see the benefit of Judgment Day defeating um, Judgment Day. You mean the benefit of Edge? The benefit of Edge defeating Judgment Day, yeah. After Uh, that, Bobby Lashley picked up the victory over Mustafa Ali. Uh, Earlier in the night, Bobby Lashley was being interviewed, and Ali stepped up to challenge him for a United States Championship Shot. I don't think this. I don't think the title was on the line for this match. But um, that I'm not sure. It was, it was nice to see Mustafa Ali on Monday Night Raw. I really liked that 450 splash onto Lashley's arm. Yeah, but Lashley I, was still able to hurt get the hurt lock on him, but he did not tap. He passed out, and Lashley yeah. goes to help Mustafa Ali up, show him some respect. But Seth Rollins comes out of nowhere, hits two curb stomps. One of them being on the U.S. Championship, and then he hit one on Mustafa Ali outside the ring. And later on, Bobby Lashley said he's going to be facing Seth Rollins next week. Put the title on the line, even. Yeah, this was a really good match, and it was great. To, it's great to see Mustafa Ali in a match like this. Yeah, you know. But so next week, next in, up um, in yeah. at Barclays Center, we're going to be having a U.S. Championship match. Yeah, that's, yep. Next up, we had had, uh, Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle in a segment together uh, over, was it over the weekend? Daniel Cormier was announced as a special guest referee for the fight pit. Yeah. Still wish it was Ken Shamrock. Hey, I'll take Cormier. But now I can only assume, what? I'll take Cormier. I can only assume that Cormier is here for a specific reason. I mean, maybe it's to bring FTR in. What? He's a big fan of FTR. Crown Jewel's coming up. The only match announced. The only Uh, match announced. November 5th. Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns. Why, you think he's going to get involved in that one? Uh, I think Brock Lesnar could be potentially showing up at at Extreme Rules. And him going with... Yeah, Cormier versus Brock Lesnar's been a match that they've wanted to do for ages. Really? Yeah. What do you mean, really? Even in the UFC. It just never happened. That'd be interesting. I think at Crown Jewel, it's a very safe assumption, maybe a very safe assumption, to say that we could potentially see Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Cormier. Yeah. If it ain't happening in the UFC realm... I could see it happen at Crown Jewel. I mean, I guess it would have to be Crown Jewel because I don't see it being UFC. Right. But they also showed off, and also Cormier spoke about how the fight pit is something he knows about. So, 
I mean, it's a cage. Yeah. But they showed off footage of uh, Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle brawling after Monday Night Raw went off last week. I thought that was a cool aspect of it. Seth Rollins called himself the most dangerous man in WWE history. That's a Ken Shamrock nod, perhaps. Uh, yeah. And then he called uh, Matt Riddle out. Riddle came out, reminded Seth Rollins that he's never been in a fight pit before. And he wanted to educate Seth on the fight pit. They also, by the way, played a video package to explain the fight pit. Which was cool. I thought that was a really nice touch that they did. Yeah, again, in the background of the fight pit and everything. Got to see Timothy Thatcher on TV. That's very true, too. But Matt Riddle said on Saturday at Extreme Rules, he will be killing Seth Rollins. And then Seth brought up uh, Matt Riddle's kids again, but there was a no-contact clause in the contract. And then Daniel Cormier showed up live via satellite to lay down some law, and that was really the end of the segment there. Yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out. But next up, you had... Dakota Kai pick up the victory over Candice LeRae. Um, this before we talk match... about the match, before we talk about the match, okay. During a backstage segment, or not even a backstage segment, I forget when it was. It was during this segment specifically, though. There was another QR code, and it led to a painting of Samson and Delilah. It had binary code on the actual website that spelled out Gacy. There was a stereogram involved and then some other characters and aspects to this QR code and people are just falling completely down the rabbit hole. No pun intended. No, no, they are totally... what the white rabbit is. Yeah, they are totally losing it with this. Our TikTok specifically is filled with white rabbit, literally. I made a TikTok about it. It's white rabbit and Taylor Swift, Midnight's. She literally just announced one of the track names for an album. This has nothing to do with Bray Wyatt. <laughs> for all we know, for all we know. She announced one of the album names is, uh, one of the, the track names on Midnight's is Karma, which is a a name that people thought was like a lost album. They thought after, before Re- Reputation, I think it was. I think after 1989, they thought there was going to be another album come out. And they're just never had their album didn't come out because Taylor Swift went into like hiding or whatever. And karma is written on the wall in the the music video for the man. Where she is voiced by Dwayne, the rock Johnson. And now it's confirmed that karma is a real thing. Whether or not it turns out into turns out to be her, her next album also That'd be weird, right? If it was a track name on this album and an, an album name. That would definitely be interesting. But the way people are treating this Taylor Swift album and getting clues and getting real clues with like hearing the way she speaks in a cadence and then like configuring it in, in some aspect way to get sentences from them. Mm-hmm. They're decoding these messages and coming up with stuff that, that could fit. It's bizarre. And... I would like for some Swifties to hop down the rabbit hole to Join. figure out before before Saturday. Yeah, join Saturday us. seems to be the day. We need your help, Swifties. Come on. 
All you have to do is watch a few videos and let us know. But the match itself, Candice LeRae lost to Dakota Kai. Uh, it was a nice match to see. Yo I agree Sky with you. got involved. Bailey knocked Candice off the top rope when, uh, or not even the top rope, when she went for the lion salt. And that led to Dakota Kai picking up the victory. Yeah, I thought that this match was a ton of fun. I thought it was great. Um, but next up, well, they were interviewed, earlier. by the way, later on. Just, yeah, they were celebrating their, their victory. Yeah. So, earlier backstage, though, Miz was on the phone with Maurice, and Maurice wanted to have uh, Maurice present Miz's birthday bash next week at uh, Barclays Center. And Loomis showed up in the background. Later on, Johnny Gargano was walking in in the back. And Loomis was sat next to Miz while Miz was passed out. And then Johnny looks back. Loomis is gone. And he, like, I think he tapped Miz. And Miz was like, oh. And there was just a drawing <laughs> that Loomis had done of Miz and Loomis. So I, I like that. Then we go into Johnny Gargano's match where he lost to Otis. Yeah. We saw Gargano attack uh, Austin Theory during this, but Austin Theory used the briefcase to hit Johnny Gargano with the, the briefcase, costing him the match. And then they all jumped Johnny afterwards. Braun Strowman made the save, and that led right into Braun Strowman picking up the victory over Chad Gable. I thought that this match was awesome. Uh, both matches? Yeah, bo- uh, yeah, both matches. Otis Gar- Gargano, Braun, Chad... I thought that both of them were great. Braun Strowman always seems to do so much better against the smaller wrestlers. I mean, all of them are small compared to him, but the the uh, cruiserweight, I guess, wrestlers. Otis, I don't know if I would call Chad Gable. I believe he did perform on 205 Live. I don't know but where he's at now. But. but you know what I mean with yeah. that, right? Like, not the powerhouses or anything like that. Like, the lighter guys. Yeah. I, I think that Braun Strowman performs great against them. I mean, Otis. I... Otis yeah. got involved in this at one point, and uh, I think it was before the match, maybe. Mm-hmm. Chucked Braun Strowman over the commentary table. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And he got kicked from ringside for that. But Gable, it wasn't like a one-sided match. Gable hit that huge German suplex on Braun Strowman. I thought that was really nice. And uh, backstage, we saw almost watching. What is that going to lead to? Almost versus Braun Strowman. I know you questioned it the other week. That never happened before. It's yeah. That's, that's never. That's not a match that we've seen. Yeah, I'm not too sure what to expect with all of that. After that, we had a contract signing with Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion, and Bailey for their match, Extreme Rules. I thought it was a decent segment. Damage Control though ended up attacking Alexa Bliss and Asuka backstage. And then Bailey attacked Bianca Belair while she was distracted watching that. And Belair ends up throwing Bailey into the apron. And it looked like she made a, a quick decision. Does she go after Bailey? Does she go after damage control? And she went to the back to check on Alexa Bliss and Asuka. And then Alexa Bliss challenged Io Sky to the to the main event. Or not even to the main event, but that got turned into the main event. Yeah, and I'm such a big fan of all of them. You know, I think that any time that they're interacting with each other is great. Something that I think is just incredible is Bailey. 
I think that Bailey heel as it working as a heel is fantastic. I think that everything that she's doing right now, even her reactions to the commentary, reactions to the crowd, and playing off of each other, I think that she's amazing. Yeah, even that uh, the fan tweeted a picture of their kid with a little sign. Oh, good call. Yes, that was hilarious. I mean, for those that don't know, a small, a small fan, a little girl, tweeted out a picture um, for Bailey in support of her, and then they tweeted it out. The mom tweeted it out, and then Bailey responded to her. What What did she say? Something about uh. I think. Do you think anyone's gonna see that tiny ass sign or something? <laughs> yeah, I that was so funny. <laughs> I thought that that was hilarious, but it was cool because the mom, like everybody, of course, internet Twitter, uh. Everybody started to jump on that, being like, that's not how you should tweet younger fans and this and that. But the mom of the child stood up for Bailey saying how they're both really big fans of her. They love the aspect of the heel being a heel. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, Yeah. Earlier in the night, we saw the bloodline and Sami Zayn and Jimmy Uso were backstage laughing. They were having themselves a little laugh. And Jay walked up to them all pissed off. And then Sammy then he starts to agree with Jay. Because they were there to talk about Roman Reigns coming to Monday Night Raw next week at Barclays Center. I think that's three times I've said that now. But they end up walking into the Street Profits and Sammy Zayn told them about Roman Reigns. And then Solo ends up stepping up to Dawkins. And that leads into a match later on where Solo Sokoa picks up the victory over Angelo Dawkins. At one point, Solo grabbed a chair and they talked him out of using it. I don't know if I like that he grabbed a chair. Um, He's why? supposed to be the street fighter. Street fighters don't technically uh, I think that generally use a chair. Street I, fighters build their reputation off their fists. I don't know. I'm I'm fine that he that he grabbed the chair. I mean, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not bothered by him grabbing the chair. I think that the chair is fine. He didn't. Even if he used the chair, he's a if he's a brawler, a street fighter. You use anything that street you can fighter, get your hands brawler, on. Street fighter, brawler, two different things to me. Street fighter to me is is similar to brawler, where you'll you're gonna get any get your hands on anything. Similar. Now, if you told me that he was a bare knuckle fighter or something like a. What was Wade Barrett? A bare knuckle, right? Yeah. If you told me something like that, that, then... I mean... Is he not? I wouldn't... Is that not how he was billed? That's the street fighter. Bare knuckles, brother. I I wouldn't put it necessarily that. Although I think he tapes his hands. (laughs) I did did see a picture of him with Yokozuna on Yokozuna... What was it? Yokozuna's birthday? uh, Over the week? And I did see... picture of yokozuna holding solo which i thought was really cool hmm. you know but, but the match itself Sami Zayn got up on the apron and then jay got up on there to argue with him which distracted dawkins he gets rocked with a super kick but their bickering didn't allow the referee to see the pin that solo had and then sammy at one point checks on solo and jay yelled at him then that led to them arguing some more Dawkins launched himself onto the Usos, and pretty much uh, that's that's the end of the match for the most part. Yeah, obviously was Solo that. had a comeback, but yeah, um, for sure. But 
Next up, you had Alexa Bliss pick up the victory over Io Sky. Um, how did you feel about this match? For me, it didn't really do all that much. Ah, uh, I don't know. I I liked it. Bailey got involved. She uh, she distracted the referee, and Bianca Belair tried to make the save, but her and Dakota Kai beat Belair up. And then Alexa Bliss went after them and uh, went to EO and got hit with a palm strike. She got hit with that air raid crash and then a moonsault. I thought it was a fine match. I saw yeah. it was a hot topic on, on Twitter, a conversation. People Why? didn't think it was a worthy of a main event. Um, but Damage yeah. Control continued the beat down on Alexa Bliss afterwards. They grabbed a ladder, and Bianca Belair jumped back in, but Dakota Kai and Io Sky took her out with the ladder, and then Asuka limped out with a kendo stick, and she ended up attacked as well, and Damage Control came out on top. Yeah, that was uh, Monday Night Raw. So let's get on to some NXT. You know what uh, really confuses me is that they taped, I think, two weeks worth of NXT Mm -hmm. because they were just saying goodbye to 2.0. Huh. But I was under the impression they were going to be changing the whole performance center. (laughs) It's literally just 2.0, but it's like candy corn colored now. That's interesting. Candy corn, like like I said before, it sucks. Throw it out. Yeah. But the first segment on NXT this week, we saw Pretty Deadly Address of the Commonwealth. They came out in British garb with uh, the the white face and the powdered wigs and the robes and stuff. And basically just said that they need number one contenders, but they beat everybody. So they want the titles forever. And then, to me, this should have been a surprise. But it was announced beforehand that the Brawling Brutes were coming to NXT. And And that's exciting. where did it make the most sense was for this Pretty Deadly segment. The Brawling Brutes showed up to challenge them, and then they brawled. Yeah. Carmelo Hayes picked up the victory over Oro Mensa, which I thought was a fun match. I think Mensa needed the win, so I didn't really like the outcome of this. Although Trick Williams did get involved. So it's not like Hayes got like a clean victory. Mm-hmm. But Mensa was able to knock him off the apron instead of hitting Hayes. And then that basically led to the end of that match. Yeah. And Mensa did get a lot of offense in this. But I would have definitely preferred for him to get that victory. Yeah, he could have used that victory. Unless but... he's walking out of Halloween Havoc as the new North American champion, perhaps. I don't know. Uh... I don't know, but next up you had Von Wagner pick up the victory of Andre Chase to qualify for the ladder match. Chase you, not too uh, not too good. Hayes uh, stayed out for this match. I believe he sat on commentary, but Robert Stone got involved at one point, and Thea Hale and Bodie Hayward got, uh, they, they, I guess, took care of him. More so Thea did. She even body slammed him on the outside, but... I thought they were going to have Chase win this match and go on to that ladder match, but I guess maybe they wanted a big guy in that in that that match. Yeah. Because right now it's Carmelo Hayes, Oro Mensa, Wes Lee, 
Nathan Fraser or Axiom and Von Wagner. No. And then after this match, Wesley came out of nowhere and attacked Carmelo Hayes. And then later on, Stack spoke to Wesley about this and said, that's the real Wesley. And Tony's injured because of him. And and Wesley brushed it off. He's like, that's not, has nothing to do with me. No. But, but like next. I mentioned with Nathan Fraser or Axiom potentially being in that match, Sanga had a backstage segment with Nathan Fraser. And they basically announced that that's when uh, that they had, that the final match between Axiom and Fraser are going to be is going to be for that final spot in the match. Bigger things though, I think. Sanga he's like since I can't be in it, I hope you win. And he's like all positive and happy and and showing good vibes towards Nathan Fraser. How he leaves, Fraser leaves, and how comes Veer? We spoke about it last week, I believe, at uh, an NXT show. They had Indusheer reunite, but Veer showed up, and uh, I I really do hope that it's less Indusheer and more like Sanga currently. Um, yeah, you know my take with all of that, you know. But next up, you had Wendy Chu. Pick up the victory over Lash Legend. Um, Lash attacked Wendy before the match. Yeah, and I was I was quite worried that we, that uh, Lash Legend was winning this. Yeah, but um, uh, not really much to say about this match. No, I'm I'm happy that Wendy Chu won. Gallus had a video, and they said that when they're back in NXT, they're coming for all the titles. So tag team and either North American or NXT Championship. But I assume. Given who's in the the NXT Championship match, that they would be coming for the NXT Championship. Mm-hmm. But uh, next match, we saw Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons pick up the victory over Toxic Attraction to become number one contenders to the um, NXT Tag Team Championships, Women Tag Team Championships. I guess this one you had to see coming, right? Yeah, earlier in the night we saw Alba Fire abduct Mandy Rose. And yeah, I I do think this outcome was obvious. I still think it was a a decent match, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Mandy needed to be abducted for us to have this outcome. But like I said last week, now that they actually do have their title shot, I I hope Katana Chance and and um, Kaden Carter retain the tag team titles. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't want to see. Uh... Nikita or Zoe and Zoe pick up the victory. Um, yeah. And I still think they might kind of be owed a, uh, a WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match. Uh, I don't know. I think Toxic Attraction does. They had, it. they had their shot. What do you mean? They, they should have their championship shot. They did. They did? They should have another They were one. in the tournament. Oh, no. They, should, they got taken out of the tournament. Yeah, but they were still in the tournament. They should. They should yeah, have maybe another. Maybe there's one. a triple threat. I don't know. They should have another. One. After that, we have the Grayson Waller effect, and uh, he was live on Instagram at the same time, which I thought was cool. But that feed was like way ahead of the TV feed. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was cool that he was actually live on Instagram at that time. Yeah. But Roxanne Perez brought up how her and Cora Jade wanted to be like what the four horsewomen were, but for a new generation. 
And as soon as she got a little a little ahead of Cora Jade, Cora Jade couldn't take it, turned her back and attacked her. And then Waller basically announced that they're going to be having a pick your poison match and the whole WWE roster is fair game. And then their their Halloween Havoc match is a spin the wheel make a deal match. And then Waller went to spin the wheel. There was a hooded person there. He was nervous that it was Apollo Crews. It wasn't Apollo Crews. He he checked. He checked. He checked the hood. He checked his arms. And then he spun the wheel and it landed on a weapons wild match. So I assume that's what the match will be at Halloween Havoc for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, for sure. It led I to a huge. Was, I wanted to. What is an insane asylum match? That was the the choice to the left. I, know, I they, don't know what that would be. They they had a strap. Uh, uh, what is it? A strap jacket match. They straight had straight jacket. Straight no, jacket. It was it was an insane asylum match. I think insane. that would have to be them both in straight jackets, though. I don't know. They had so many different. A buried alive match. I, yeah. I, I wish that we would get something different than like. These matches. Like hardcore I mean, uh, matches. weapons. Yeah, I know. I was really hoping for it to land on something else too, because I, I feel know. like we had that like recently too, not like yeah. recently, recently, but but like I don't know. The, I thought the, that the, the spin the wheel make the make a deal matches. But this segment was really good. I thought that Waller is awesome. Yeah. You know? But well, like we had the I don't know if it was a, a, a spin the wheel gimmick, but we had the the tr- the trick or street fight last year. Uh huh. We had the the lumberjack o' lantern match, scareway to hell ladder match. That might have been trick or street, uh, not trick or street. That might have been the the spin the wheel. Maybe devil's playground match. Also, I think was what was that also a uh like a hardcore. Style, that I'm perhaps. not too sure. Tables, ladders, and scares, also kind of weapons. But uh yeah, so we have we have that match coming up. Uh it led to a huge pull apart brawl, but t- before they could actually brawl. Mm-hmm. And then Apollo Cruz showed up and dragged him under the ring. And when he came back out, the vision that Cruz had seen about Grayson Waller's eyes being all bloodied, that that took place. But the anyone in WWE aspect of the pick your poison match, I think, is interesting. Because who does Cora Jade get to face? Who will Roxanne Perez pick for Cora Jade? I think it could potentially be Mako Satamora. Oh. I think that would make the most sense. And then as far as who Cora Jade would pick for Roxanne Perez to face, I feel like the only unless it's somebody returning. Mm-hmm. I feel like literally the only person or or people that it could be is is Dakota Kai or EO Sky. Huh. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. Like unless AJ Lee or something is returning, <laughs> I don't see that happening, but no. Also, no, they no, said no. in WWE, so she's not technically she's not in WWE, but it could be one of those things like, "Oh, I just found out so and so's in WWE again." Here it is. But I, I mean, who else could it be? I don't know. No, I feel like she, Cora Jade has the history where she wanted a match with Mako Satamora. And Mako was like, I already have a match. So. Yeah. We also saw a, a segment with Schism where they ended up yelling at the red hooded person and told them they needed to be better. And later on, Cameron Grimes tried to talk to them, and the dyad attacked him. 
Yeah, don't so mess with uh, this person. So at least the connection in the mask being Joe Gacy's old mask and current Joe Gacy is actually a thing. Yeah, I mean, we, you called it last week saying that it was Joe Gacy's old mask. And interestingly enough, it got all uh, looped together this week. Yeah. You know. Match after that, we saw Julius Creed pick up the victory over Duke Hudson in a beyond quick match. Um, There's nothing to even talk about with the match. The aftermath stuff, Brutus came out and attacked Duke Hudson. I don't know what's happening with, like, I feel like Duke Hudson was, like, the next big thing. Until he lost to, who, Waller? Yeah, I don't get it. Right? Like, great, like, he was huge. And then they shaved his head, and then I feel like he just totally fell off, right? Was that, that was Cameron Grimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that loss against Cameron Grimes, he fell completely off. Have you noticed that too? Well, yeah, I'm saying, like, we, he disappeared. Yeah, it sucks because he has a ton of potential. But Julius kept trying to pull Brutus off of Duke Hudson, and then Damon Kemp showed up and said at Halloween Havoc, it's going to be different. If Julius picks up the victory, he'll give Brutus another match. But if Damon Kemp wins, he wants Brutus gone from NXT. And then Julius laid out the challenge for an ambulance match, so that gets made for Halloween Havoc. Yeah. I can't see Brutus and Julius not being together. I don't know what's going to happen with either of them separate. Both have potential to be like solo stars, but I don't want to see the the Creed brothers go their own way. (sighs) That would mean Brutus goes up to either Raw or SmackDown. Mm Mm-hmm. And Julius would stay unless Julius is like, screw this, I'm out. And he goes also to Raw SmackDown. Yeah. I don't know. But next up, you had Zion Quinn pick up the victory over Hank Walker. Hank Walker getting a, a little boost from the security guards backstage. Yeah, I liked all the security hyping him up. I thought that was funny. Yeah, but... And he's now a contracted worker. Yeah. Yeah, started with uh, security. Also, Quincy warned Hank to watch out because uh, Zion Quinn kind of, he kind of pissed Zion Quinn off last week. Mm -hmm. But Walker controlled most of this match and Quinn, at one point, he went to, uh, I mean, he did attack Hank after the match. Yeah. Elliot made the save, though. So I think we'll see Quincy Elliott versus Zion Quinn take place. I agree. Uh, after that, Briggs and Jensen and Malik Blade and Idris and Ofe were, they, well, they tried talking to the Brawling Brutes before saying, before the, the match. And they both want the first shot if the Brawling Brutes were to beat pretty deadly. And then they argued with each other, and the Brutes gave them a pep talk, and it turned back into arguing. But Pretty Deadly ends up picking up the victory over the Brawling Brutes to retain. I thought it was a, a very good win for Pretty Deadly. I thought it would have been nice if the Brawling Brutes went into Extreme Rules as the NXT Tag Team Champions. But we literally just saw Solo Sokoa had to give up his title. So I don't really see how that would have worked. Yeah. But... uh. 
The Brawling Brutes at one point basically had the match won, and Imperium showed up, and they ended up brawling to the back. Yeah. And Inofi and Blade showed up afterwards. Briggs and Jensen showed up afterwards, so we're probably getting a triple threat match coming up. I think that's very, very likely. But that was NXT moving over to SmackDown. Earlier in the week, WWE announced some changes to the commentary team, starting with SmackDown. It was announced that Wade Barrett and Michael Cole will be doing commentary for SmackDown while McAfee's out doing uh, football or whatever. I think it's football. (laughs) But Sarah Schreiber and Caleb Braxton will be doing backstage interviews. Samantha Irvin continues to be the ring announcer. Over on NXT, Vic Joseph will be doing commentary with Booker T., Mac Mitchell doing backstage, Alicia Taylor doing uh, ring announcing still. Nigel McGuinness was apparently released this week, which is unfortunate. And then on Monday Night Raw, there will be Kevin Patrick joining uh, Corey Graves and Byron Saxton. Kathy Kelly, former Undisputed Era member, returning to do some backstage interviews. That's dope. And Mike Rome continues to be the ring announcer. I'm definitely disappointed that Jimmy Smith is gone because I thought he was pretty good on commentary. But I'm definitely looking forward to Kathy Kelly being back. Moving over to actual SmackDown, Triple H opens the show and said that he that there will come a time when you think everything is finished, but it's just the beginning. And he had a QR code on the microphone that led to a Three Little Pigs video that kept repeating, let me in. Over and over again, the link was also titled 10-8-22, Saturday. Pause at the right time, Huskis was in the video. Later on, there was an 8-bit video that aired, and the rabbit was digging on an X, a purple X, Extreme Rules, and it said tomorrow night. So the bunny, whoever it is, the white rabbit, will probably be revealed tomorrow. SmackDown, we see the bloodline come out. Logan Paul interrupts, and then Paul Heyman called him the modern-day Mr. T and Cindy Lauper. He's just there for eyes on the product to bring in new fans. And then Logan Paul called Jay Uso the, Jay Uso the Tribal Chief. And Reigns went face-to-face with Jay Uso. Sammy de-escalated everything. I don't get why this is happening prior to Extreme Rules, given that their match is at Crown Jewel next month. But we go into Solo Sokoa picking up the victory over Ricochet. Solo attacking Ricochet before the match. And I thought for a second we weren't going to get the match. But the match went on. Solo grabbed a chair like he did on Monday Night Raw. He threw it down himself. Not He didn't want to use it. And Ricochet at one point had a crazy landing on the, the ring apron. I thought that was nuts. And then the end of the match, Ricochet went for a shooting star press and Solo caught him with the spinning Solo, I guess is being called, the, the rock bottom gimmick. Overall, I liked the match. Afterwards, Sami Zayn mentioned how he's taking Solo Sokoa under his wing and Jay yelled at Sami for that. And then Roman told him that it's a problem that Jay keeps doing and now that he's he doesn't want to be anything, he doesn't want anything to do with Jay Uso, so he's Sami Zayn's problem now. And then later on, New Day made fun of Sami Zayn and Jay. And then Sami made uh, made New Day find a partner to have a six-man tag match that, that happens later on. After that, we were getting Hit Row. 
Hit Row comes out and they get attacked by masked men. Commentary has no idea who it is. Like, hello, it's obviously Legato Del Fantasma. Wade Barrett had no clue it was Legato. That made absolutely no sense. Zelina Vega was with them as opposed to Electra Lopez. Have absolutely no idea where Electra Lopez is. But I'm pumped that they're on SmackDown. Once they unmasked, Wade Barrett knew that it was Legato. But I have no idea how it, it... It just made no sense that he didn't know them while they were masked. Because they were masked in NXT as well. But I'm pumped for this. I would just like to know where Electra Lopez is. After that, Shotzi Blackheart and Raquel Rodriguez picked up the victory over Shayna Baszler and Zia Lee. Uh, not Shayna Baszler, Sonya Deville. Uh, really not much to say about this match. It was pretty short. Raquel picks up the victory there. Next segment, Karen Cross came out, made his whole entrance, and from behind shows up Drew McIntyre, attacks Karen Cross, and McIntyre ends up taking out some security. But ultimately, Karen Cross had to come back and whipped Drew McIntyre's back pretty nasty with that uh, that strap that they're having for Saturday. After that, we had a Viking Raiders vignette. I have to assume Sarah Logan's back. She was definitely, there's no way she wasn't. She was in this video package. We saw her in a video package prior to this as well. So I think all signs point to yes, that she's back. Match after that, New Day, having to find a mystery tag team partner. Braun Strowman picks up the victory over the Bloodline. Kind of hoping for a surprise partner that wasn't already on the current shows. But Sami Zayn and Jey Uso spent most of this arguing. Jey angrily tagging himself in at one point even. But while they were ringside arguing, Braun Strowman chokeslams Jimmy. Runs through Sami Zayn and, and Jey Uso. And then Kofi gets the tag. Him and Woods pull off a double team move, pick up the victory, and, and, and win. I just wish there was a, a surprise partner, I guess. But after that backstage, Maxine was yelling at Max Dupree. And he was like, don't call me that. That's not my name. My name is L.A. Knight. So L.A. Knight's back. Wade Barrett popped me. He goes, oh, I knew it was him. I knew it was L.A. Knight. I thought that was really funny. And then the main event. Big match. Sheamus and Gunter for the Intercontinental Championship. Throughout the day, you had a bunch of former Intercontinental Champions tweeting about the match, about the championship itself. So it built for a big match. And what a match it was. Gunter picked up the victory over Sheamus to retain the Intercontinental Championship match. It was simply incredible. Very hard-hitting, as expected. Sheamus's chest was so beaten. You could see the, the pop blood vessels all over his chest. I really liked, the I guess, the receipt of that, where Sheamus did the beat spot, where uh, he did it on the top rope, the middle rope, the bottom rope. I thought that was pretty cool. Got a white noise from the middle rope. And at one point, Sheamus has him locked in the cloverleaf. Gunter taps. He taps, it gets waved off because he's just trying to get himself to the ropes. Referee called it off. Uh, so, I guess, I don't know. I, I wish that didn't happen, but Imperium ran down to rally Gunter. The Brawling Brutes attacked them. 
And then behind the referee's back, Kaiser slipped a shillelagh into the ring and Gunter was able to use that against Sheamus to pick up the victory. The Brawling Brutes kept brawling. Uh, I wish Sheamus won. But it was still a tremendous match. But that was SmackDown moving over to Extreme Rules taking place at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, um, let's uh, kick it off with Hot and Ready. Let's go with that I Quit match. Edge taking off Finn Balor. I'm going to go with Finn Balor. I think that with our discussions, I think AJ Styles is going to find his way into this. Yeah, I'm going to say Finn Balor as well. You know, we also have the factor of Rey Mysterio. We have the factor of Beth Phoenix. There's so many factors that could play into this. Given the fact that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll see that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's that's a tough one. Uh, Six-man tag team, good old-fashioned Brook match taking place between the Brawling Brutes, Sheamus, Butch, and Ridge Holland taking on Imperium, Gunter, Ludwig, and uh, Giovanni Vinci. I'm going to go with Imperium, and I'm also going to say that this is the match of the night. What do you Hmm. think? I don't know. It's very difficult. We're recording on Thursday. Sheamus could be an intercontinental champion by now. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I'm going to say the Brawling Brutes. Okay. Do you think match of the night? I, I can't say that. I'm saying that this is match of the night, especially if you've been paying attention to all the previous matches and stuff. This is going to be great. For uh, a strap match, not not for anything, a strap match, we have Drew McIntyre taking on Karrion Cross. I'm going to say Karrion Cross because of that victory. I'm going to say Karrion Cross. Are we going to find out about the White Rabbit? I feel like we need to. Do you think we're no going to find out? Do you think we're going to find out a full review on the it's, White Rabbit? It's going to be. It's got to be Taylor Swift. She's going to be announcing a tour. She has to be announcing a tour. All right. I think that what it's, sucks. By the way. Yeah, I know. I think <laughs> that, that is. I think it's nearly confirmed that it is Taylor Swift. If she does announce a tour, I see it being a, a stadium tour, which leads to MetLife instead of something like Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of how everybody's going to MetLife instead of MSG. I hate. Yeah, Ed Sheeran just announced MetLife. Like to see Kenny Chesney. I don't want to see MetLife. I want to see. I don't Joe's mind Beach again. going to concerts at MetLife Stadium, but it's so big that I would prefer. Yeah, same. The Garden. Kenny Chesney. After we saw him, we saw him 2009. He literally blew up. The next year, it was just yeah insane. We saw him at Jones Beach, and then it moved to MetLife. I know. That's absolutely absurd. Yeah. Uh, next up, let's go about that fight pit match. Daniel Cormier serving as a special guest referee. Riddle taking on Rollins. Um, I'm going to go with Riddle. It's his yeah, I'm match. Gonna, I'm going to say Riddle also. Yeah. And that's the great thing, too. Rollins can go uh, lose every single match this year but his matches are amazing his character gimmick is great so it works still with him um did matt riddle win yeah i think he won last no no i feel like rollins won the last one no no i meant like did he win um 
I think he won one and lost the other. Yeah, I don't remember. I think he defeated Thatcher, and then he may have lost another one. I'm not sure. Champa was in one. I feel like it. I don't remember. We should have looked stuff up. Yeah, that's what people Some on podcasts podcast would use. <laughs> we, we need it. We need interns. Next, up, anybody want to be an intern for us? We had a ladder <laughs> match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair defending her championship against Bailey. I gotta say, Bailey. Bailey, Bailey. Um. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to go with Bailey. I think that that would be incredible. I think that, I think, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know. Bianca Belair, I love her. She's a great wrestler. Um, the title reign, I feel like it's time. And I think it's perfect to go to Bailey. Yeah. And then, I mean, let Damage Control run Monday Night Raw for a while. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Extreme Fight pit, Rules by the match. way. Timothy Thatcher picked up the victory over Riddle. And then he defeated Champa. I think Champa might have faced Pete Dunne, if I'm not mistaken. Ah. Uh, yeah. So he, well, he 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 lost the other one. So just because you've been in the match, you you lost. Yeah, loser. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should pick Seth Rollins. Timothy Thatcher beat Tommaso Champa. It wasn't Pete Dunne. It was Thatcher picked up the victory over Champa. Yeah, I feel like it was like Thatcher's match. It's clearly Thatcher's match. Thatcher beat Riddle yeah. and Champa. Yeah. What the hell? They they rewrote history on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> they made us believe something that wasn't true. Go figure that WWE would make you do such a thing. Believing something not true. How dare they? Like Riddle Riddle was in the match the 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 first one yes yeah. he was in the first one but he he, he lost yeah <laughs> brother i'm Look. saying seth freaking rollins oh we got the switch over yeah goddamn yeah i'm going with seth rollins oh, oh wow wow okay we're switching over we're switching over i am gonna maintain about riddle and then again something maybe happens with cormier and brock lesnar or maybe we see cormier versus matt riddle or something and brock lesnar interferes in that match and then something bigger happens from that cormier's face dude don't make Uh, him heal i don't know no where matt riddle gets pissed off at cormier for calling a bad call or something i don't know i don't know extreme rules match for the smackdown women's championship champion Liv morgan defending the title against Rousey. rousey rowdy Rousey, yeah, Rowdy Ronda Rousey. <laughs> I um, hope to God, man, I'm going Liv Morgan. I can't really see her defeating Ronda Rousey three times, but uh, I, I just, I don't want her to lose the title yet. Hmm. I'm going to say Liv Morgan. When did she win it? She just won it recently. It feels like it's been longer. No? Um... I am going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Liv Morgan. Uh, you know, it, it's if if we're choosing it's Bailey, been, it's only been 3 months. Yeah, I'm going to go with Liv Morgan, but I do think that the next pay-per-view she's probably going to lose it. I don't think she's going to end but the I, year. Again, who who is she facing Liv I Morgan? I'm, I don't see so, Liv Morgan a- ending the year as champion. So the next pay-per-view, obviously, is Crown Jewel. Uh-huh. 
after that is War Games. Yeah, Survivor I don't see. Series. I don't see her ending the year as champion. I don't know, but and of course, like I said, we're recording right now this part, the segment on uh, Thursday, so matches could be added. I'll talk about it on SmackDown if matches get added, obviously. But yeah. that is Extreme Rules. We're going to take a quick break right now. I'll be back with Chris. I'm going to tag out. Chris is tagging in. Time yeah, for the hot and, tag. And we'll be right back here on Marking Out. Hello, wrestling fans. Yakko Warner here. i got to tell you something. I am a wrestling fan, too. And the only thing I ever listen to in the water tower is Marking Out. You know why? Because I'm badass, baby. That's why. Have fun. Back here on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans, it is Chris and Brandon to lead you the rest of the way here in episode 609. Not 609. I learned that a while back. Um, Brandon, hey. Zebra. Week's been enjoyable so far? Yeah, how about yourself? Uh, it's been busy. I uh, was at the, the temple again. Uh Absolving my sins. No, I was I was live streaming for my uh, father-in-law's temple, the Yom Kippur services, all three of them. Um, did you blow um, the chauffeur? No, the 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 rabbi did. I don't think I, I'm allowed to. <laughs> I don't think here's heathenistic Chris coming into temple to blow the shofar. It was a uh, uh, joke. I'm sure it was somebody else's joke. My uncle told the joke, and uh, he used he was talking about how my cousin was talking to her friends about the the holiday one time and okay she was like oh and then you blow the chauffeur and and the friend was like well that's mighty generous <laughs> <laughs> wow we're a pg show brandon <laughs> and, and on that let's get to professional wrestling there's a bunch to talk about from this past week there's a bunch of stuff coming up forward this week um and we start off with rampage from last week in philadelphia you start off with the acclaimed making their first tag team championship defense successfully against the butcher and the blade and private party did you see um, the tiktok i sent you or no yes i did is that not funny it was very funny but i'm and uh, i as much as i love the acclaimed i was not a fan of max caster's rap this week uh this week on rampage or this on week rampage on? on rampage i don't so, remember yeah. it uh he was mentioned you know he mentioned philadelphia he mentioned ben simmons and then he said that Butcher and the Blade sucked. That's why his band broke up. Oh, and I'm still I'm, I can't I can't get over it. Well, the crowd was still super hyped for the acclaimed here. Yeah, absolutely. They pick up the victory with uh, Max Caster using the uh, uh, Bowens hitting the arrival and Max Caster hitting the mic drop for the pin. It was definitely chaotic at times, but I enjoyed it overall. I thought it was really cool to hear Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone put Anthony Bowens over as one of the best athletes in AEW. Yeah, he is. Just also. Like, uh, Go ahead. I was going to say Matt Hardy was cheering Private Party backstage. On the, uh, I'm going to look to the side. Mm. Mm. So they're still going with that. Uh, a bunch of promos after this. You have Lexi Nair backstage at the firm. Guns, the Gun Club insults FTR and said they're going to go after the AEW Tag Team Championships. Okay. FTR, great. by the way, booked in the United Kingdom this past weekend. Successful victory over Austin. I thought they were going to lose the uh, IWGP uh, World Tag Team Championships, but no, successful victory against Aussie Open. More importantly, calling Tony Khan out. <laughs> and of course, that's more important. Yeah, of you. course, hundred percent. What are you yeah. kidding me? They're, okay, they want to be booked. This whole this the the whole promo with the firm here was about how they want the AEW Tag Team Championships. They don't care about FTR. 
Well, clearly they care about FTR if they're insulting them and saying right, that they're going to leapfrog over them. So they don't have the titles, so they want the AEW tag team titles, and they don't have that. And FTR's like, brother, we work for you. Book us. We want to work. Yeah, of course. Well, again, they have three hours of TV time a week. Lexi Nair interviews Jade Cargill backstage. She does some body shaming, and she's interrupted by Nyla Rose, who steps up to the challenge against Jade Cargill again. And now we have to see that, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you're not going to see that, so continuing on. Wait, we're not? No, because at Battle of the Bells, I'm jumping forward here, it's going to be Jade Cargill oh, okay. versus well, yeah. uh, Willow Nightingale. I don't know why everybody thinks Willow's going to win that, but... Uh, I'm hoping she does. I I mean, I've hoped every opponent has won. <laughs> <laughs> but we will get to that, I guess. We yes. saw Lee Moriarty pick up the victory over Fuego Del Sol, which to me, this is similar to what I said with Ethan Page. A win like this over Fuego is basically meaningless. Who they, do you want him to beat? Whoever's a bigger opponent than Fuego. I know, but they and they did a somebody good job who actually on... wins matches on television. I know, but you have to st- you, ha- you have to start somewhere and rebuild these guys back up. So having them squash Jobber, I'm fine with it because again, it looks like Lee Moriarty's going to be going after the pure championship. And they did a good job of commentary saying he's like he beat him in wrestling. He's going for it. He looks like he's going to try to go for the pure championship, and he beat him with a freaking Border City stretch. So also. Stokely, when he introduced the firm, said, we only come together when MJF needs us to come together. Here they are hanging out together. I think something's about to happen. We saw it on Dynamite. Yes. I hope that doesn't happen, but we're we're jumping ahead. W. Morrissey attacked Fuego after this match. Yeah. Is it me or is that, that side part just real weird? It makes his head look real weird. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Lexi Nair was not done, though, that night as she interviewed uh, Hangman Page, Lee Belluno, and Ten, interrupted by Andrade and Jose the Assistant, uh, which sets up a match for Rampage next week. Ten versus Andrade. If Andrade wins, Ten must unmask. And if Andrade loses, he has to leave AEW. Now, do we do we address this monkey here, this elephant in the room here, or it's, do we... It's very, very... Weird that this was announced in the first place. Why? Because it just randomly out of nowhere. Well, there's been a must leave AEW match. Well, I guess no, because they also said, too, it's like, we're sick of you, you know, butting your nose in our business. Even John Silver said it in his promo uh, before the main event. He says, I don't know what's going on with your weird man crush with 10. So I guess it's like, hey. I want you guys to leave us alone. What better way for you to leave us alone if you're out of the company? Again, we're gonna we're gonna flip the script here a little bit because I, I I guess we have to address it now. You know, I'm I, don't, I think very... we could save that. Okay. We, the the main point is Tony before Dynamite tweets that the match is off. We'll put a pin. Okay. In that. Now you can't just say that and and not go into it. I think so, we could. Yes. Well, no, we're going into this well, right now the, because the, you can't. It it all ties in together. But who cares? Um, so, I mean, Andrade has been very vocal on social media recently, saying free Andrade, saying that, um, so that's why this match stipulation is there, I guess, maybe to get Andrade off of TV. Unfortunately, before Dynamite this week, there was a bunch of rumor, just, uh, like, TMZ, out of all, like, kind of credible news sources, saying that there was a backstage incident between Andrade and Sammy Guevara, 
where they got to a fist fight. They were pulled apart. Andrade was sent home. Sammy goes on to the main event. Prior to that, though, they oh, yeah. did have a Twitter exchange. Yes. Oh, my God. A Twitter exchange. Sorry. It's just it's. I mean, I guess this is how people try to put themselves over now these days on the, uh, you know. I mean, this is where it started. Yeah, it started here where they taking pot well, I mean, shots not, at not each other. A hundred percent started, but it's but, where the the fi- the flames were were fired or whatever. But Fire they take pot shots close. at each other. Sammy calls him a jobber. Says the only reason he has a job here is because of his father in law. Um, a, a bunch of back and forth stuff. You know, again, TMZ saying that there was a fight, there was a pull apart. Andrade Andrade was sent home. Um. And this that match that we just spoke about, 10 versus Hangman Page, I mean, t- 10 versus Andrade, is off. So, I, again, now, now we'll talk about the rest of it when we go to Dynamite. Continuing on with Rampage. Jamie Hayter picks up a victory over Will Nightingale. Great match here. Everybody's behind Willow. Everybody behind Jamie Hayter, but it was Britt Baker grabbing Willow's leg. For the distraction, Jamie hits the suplexes in the short-term lariat for the win. I thought the commentary at one point, they called out that boot spot. What boot spot? With Britt Baker holding the boot. Yeah. And then afterwards, Tony was like, Jamie earned this victory. I'm like, "How? Did, what do you mean he earned it? She earned it. She held the, the boot was held for her. He must have been looking the same way that uh, Audrey <laughs> Edwards was looking. They all, no, they all called out the spot. I know, but a referee didn't see it, and it's you know they unfortunately they're not the no, the, the referee officials. didn't see it. That's fine. Yeah, but that's... to say that they she earned the victory when you clearly saw her, oh I thought God. that was that was stupid. So but afterwards, we saw Ryan Nemeth randomly cut a promo on Rocky, Benjamin yeah, Franklin, such a relevant promo, and um, then extremely crappy wrestling. Great, great pop. And then Hook came out and attacked him. Perfect. And then, but the, the story here was more of the Trustbusters placing this envelope on the ramp for Hook, which Hook did snatched up and walked away. Do you think it's money? Do you think it's contracts? Do you think it's uh, a match against uh, GVSK? G, G, we'll I have see. no idea. Main event time. Rouge picks up the victory over John Silver uh, in this feud between the Dark Order and, uh, and Gobernables. So, yeah. And Jose uh, and Andrade got involved, which other than that, I liked the, uh, I liked the match. Yeah. So did I. It was great. Andrade got, uh, not got, he, he jumped Alex and Johnny afterwards. And then Uno and 10 tried to make the save and then Butcher and Blade attacked them. And then Hangman came out and took everyone out by himself. Yeah. Because that's what Hangman does. So, Nice wrestling when it comes to AEW Pitch. Let's go to Dynamite, the three-year anniversary culminating from where it all began at the Entertainment Sports Arena in Washington, D.C. You start the show off with wrestling as MJF, for the first time in 121, 29 days, steps in the AEW ring and defeats Wheeler Yuta at his own game. The guy that is known for wrestling gets beaten by the, a guy that wrestles six times a year. Uh, MJF, but first of all, MJF, wow. What phenomenal shape he is in. He's looking beefy. He's looking good. He's looking like he's ready to take that next step in 2024. Uh, awesome wrestling match here with uh, MJF hitting the salt of the earth for the win. Uh, after the match, though, it looks like Wheeler Yuta, you know, I feel, a lot of people are saying this is very Ring of Honor heavy. 
this episode. Of- yeah, I saw they they apparently mentioned Ring of Honor like a thousand times more than they mentioned AEW this episode. Well, there's a lot there's a lot of Ring of Honor stuff going on here, but uh, you know, trying to adhere to the code of honor, and Lee Moriarty jumps in the ring and blindsides Wheel Yuta. MJF yells at Lee's like, you didn't have to do that. And Stokely Hathaway is going to give the diamond ring to MJF. William Regal then comes out with a pair of brass knucks, which uh, got everybody to pop. And uh, MJF leaves. He's like kind of unsure of everything that's going on. And he walks out. So you said, you know, you think at, with, at Dynamite something bigger was going to go on here. Do you want to go into that a little bit more? Well, I mean, if if Stokely isn't listening to MJF here... It seems stupid to have them all split, right? No, I don't. I, they were I literally just formed. Okay, and, and then they're, they're, it seems like they're already splitting them up for some reason. Well, maybe Stokely Hathaway is trying to undermine MJF a little bit. So I like. There's nobody in the firm that that to me is like, oh, that's a, a headlining feud against MJF. No, but again, it's it's got to be a slow build. You just brought these guys in. You have to hype them. As, as I said last week with Ethan Page, you got to hype Ethan Page back up. You got to hype Lee Morarty, and they've been doing that slowly but surely. Again, but unless they're unless three there's hours somebody, of television. Unless it's like it turns out that CM Punk is the head of the firm or something. That is not happening. Well, I'm Adam. saying unless it's somebody like CM Punk, then there's like there's nobody that's gonna put that that's gonna be put in the firm that's. Of the 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 caliber that MJF would have to feud with them for them to split. Yeah, they're not they're not splitting anytime soon. I think I think it might be it might be a work for MJF. Maybe you know he's trying to mentally get in the head of the Blackpool Combat Club to let their guard down. So then uh, maybe at some point they uh, he uh, you know takes when he takes the title. Um, after this match, we saw Darby Allen defeat Jay Lethal. Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh came out during this match even after Jay Lethal told them to stay in the back. So Lethal took a second to, uh, to, to I guess, talk to them. Yeah, but, and, you know, it threw his attention off. And then they did, yeah, they did a, another pin, pin, pin spot to end the match. Okay. They literally, they did two of them in the prior match. I didn't like that. Okay, you don't like a lot of things in AEW. So, continuing on, thing, this match... You and have then, to by say, the this way, Darby put his hand out for a handshake, and they shook hands. Again, good. Code of Honor. Ring so, AEW Ring of Honor. I wonder if Lethal and Satnam and Sanjay are going to break up now. You're just thinking everybody's going to well, break up. Well, that's the picture that was painted. What do you mean? He specifically told them, don't come out there. They came out there. He yeah, yelled at them. It. Okay. Next match is awesome. I thought this match was fantastic. Wardlow defends his TNT championship against the machine, Brian Cage. They did a very good job of the beforehand promo um, with Brian Cage, kind of like reintroducing him. And I thought he did a very good job. You know, we've, we've kind of likened Brian Cage's promo skills to that of Scott Steiner. Um, I, think I think they should have aired the promo that he posted on Twitter rather than what they aired. Well, they have... They're the ones that are producing the show, so they can put on whatever they want. Um, this match, though, I thought was awesome. Two big guys who can work. Uh, there was the 619 spot where he grabs him and throws him over his head. Uh, Wardlow did uh, corkscrew moonsaults, a la Jeff. Wind, yeah. yeah, very Jeff Hardy esque. Um, and 
we this is something that you especially have been very harping on is the fact yeah that, uh, it's been Wardlow, a month Wardlow has been you know in tag team matches and he kind of lost his heat I think this re this match reignited Wardlow because you saw him hit power bombs you saw him hit two power bombs and then when he started to hit the third and the fourth power bomb in that match people were going nuts over it that he was able to do that and it was explosive i think it reheated up wardlow to where he needs to be as a singles wrestler and it showed you that he's still over with the crowd yes i know afterwards gates of agony come out and they try to punish wardlow and then samoa joe comes out and then ftr comes out so you know kind of evened up the the odds for them is this going to be a, a new stable ftr ward or wardlow joe well, only time we'll sit we'll tell it seems like they're booked into now an eight-man tag however ftr are booked for the tag team match for the ring of honor championships on uh battle of the belts yeah there you go see you go they're, they're they're getting booked but it still seems like they're gonna be booked into an eight-man tag with this feud okay so still so getting tv time they're still getting been booked. saying for weeks months dumb okay do you think this next match, the trio, highlighting six women within the dumb. women? Yes, very dumb. Of course it's dumb. Britt Baker Pryor, by the way. This is the worst episode Soraya of Ray will not be wrestling in AEW. Internet news is uh, saying that Saray has been cleared now. Yeah, but the, again. But no, I say it's dumb because it's literally every single time there's a champion, this, the the... I mean, no, because the TBS champion got booked into that same same format. They do this over and over again. Sure, okay. it highlights women and stuff, but the match itself. Every woman in this match got a t- this got a time to shine. It, I, I don't understand. Match, like this why... match to me, I thought was pretty messy. Because Serena Deeb, I will say, continues wrestler. to be one of the best wrestlers in AEW. That's a hundred percent sure. But the match itself, to me, was nothing special. I thought it was great. It gave you got Willow Nightingale who got a huge pop yeah, in this that, match. I was surprised Willow got that victory. Penelope Ford was sick in this match where she ducks. I think when she ducked the clothesline and then hit a cutter out of like the the back bend. Unbelievable! What a great talent she is. Um, but again, the baby faces go up here. Afterwards, you have uh, Soraya and Britt Baker get in the ring, and there's a physical altercation here. So people lost their minds about this. And, uh, you know, baby faces shine at the end of it. So yeah, so it seems like we're gonna get Soraya versus Britt Baker. But they're gonna hold it for. They're not gonna put it on a dynamite. They're not gonna put it on a rampage. They're gonna save that match for what full gear that's coming up, or even for. Uh, revolution because a Britt Baker broke her nose again so you don't know how long she's going to be out of the ring next up if you say this sucked I'm just turning this guy back right now yeah no I'm a big fan of the acclaimed I'm not going to say they suck what are you talking about I thought you could be like oh it's terrible it wasn't good this is the worst episode of dynamite no, ever if this happened in WWE I think people would say it sucked but I'm a fan of the acclaimed so I'm never going to say they suck I thought everybody shined in this National Scissoring Day. That trended on Twitter. All day. <laughs> and I, Alton Brown. Big pop. Went, I went <laughs> nuts over that. I Go feel like his... Alton Brown had no idea what he was actually tweeting, though. Yeah, but who it cares? It was more so whoever he was with, the guy from... It, it, it's like you. Gotta, 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 gotta tweet, the, uh, gotta tweet the, the trending thing so I show up so I can get a bunch of likes. Yeah, of course. That's it. But I thought this was fun. Um, I thought Bowen shined on the microphone. Max Caster, you know, Max Caster has never mentioned that his father was an NFL player. He's never mentioned it? Never mentioned it before. Mm. Ever. 
Um, because you want to know why I know this too, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago while listening to Busted Open, Dave LaGreca said, again, Max Caster used to work at the Sirius XM, and he never wanted to use his father as, uh, hey, guess what, my father is this guy, he wanted to do everything on his own, which he did. But, like, from day one, we've heard that, though. I've, I've never heard it before. Yeah, from day one, basically, in yeah, AEW, because, well, yeah, it's always you... been Rich Caster's son. I've never heard that. He is the full legit! I've never heard that before. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not paying attention to wrestling again. <laughs> and you'll cut that out, too. No. Um, but, again, all these guys shining the microphone, it was a great way to highlight their homegrown talent and kind of feud a little bit more with Swerve. Billy presented them with big gold scissors. Which was great. I thought that was In fact, funny. he's running around, and he's like, he's like, hey, no running with scissors. And the crowd here hated Swerve. Good. Swerve As interrupted before they could all scissor, and then... He spoke about Billy Gunn costing them the titles and challenged Billy to a match for next week. And then Smart Mark came out and yelled about how he's been saying this for, for months about Swerve. He has. Remember the, what was the, the, the petition? The, that petition. That's right. What was it called? I don't I know. Forget. But then uh, he, I, <laughs> I've been saying this for months. You guys need me to beat Swerve. And then they took him out instead. Yeah, it was. I thought it was fun, but like again, in personal life, Max Caster and Smart Mark Sterling have like a, a back backstory together, training at Creative Pro. So like on uh, maybe one of the the biggest segments he claimed ever did to have like somebody that you've been in professional wrestling with since like one of your first days. It's such a cool thing to see. Um, I thought because who are you gonna be? You had to beat up somebody. You couldn't beat up Swerve. So just throw Mark Sterling in there. <laughs> just let him just get beat up again. I thought it was fun. Um, so National Scissoring Day went over well. Do you think it ran a little long? Like the uh, segment itself? I mean, I'm sure there could have been some things cut, they, but... They could have, like, tightened it up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So, um... Backstage Tony's... afterwards, Madison Rain was there putting Sky Blue over. Got interrupted by Anna Jay and Ty. And it sets up a match for Rampage. Perfect. Enough said. After this, work rate match as Hangman Page picks up the victory over Roosh. Um, MJF watching from backstage. MJF watching from backstage. And then afterwards, Moxley comes out and says... Uh, Private Party came out first. Yeah, because apparently they're still there. I guess they're trying to prove that they still work for the uh, A... What is it? The AFO? They Yeah, you know? they had been told earlier, like, hey, you guys weren't here last week. You guys better show up. So they show up, Mox shows up, Private Party backs up. Mox gets into the ring, challenges Hangman to a last man standing match. Good. When? Is that? Is that? I said that's Cincinnati. Oh, right, 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 yeah. On October With 18th. the mid-chili. Mid-chili? I've never had <laughs> yeah, Skyline Chili Skyline Chili? No, that's, never had the, s- that's the promo from MJF. Oh, I don't remember it, sorry. And then MJF blew up all over TikTok. Somebody pitched up the voice, and it I have no idea how that stuff works, but it literally blew up on TikTok where, and it was so cringe because there were non-wrestling fans using it, and, like, you, you clearly weren't using the... Stop gatekeeping professional wrestling. What do you mean? You say, oh, non-wrestling fans are using it. Who cares? Yeah, it's non-wrestling a, it's a, it's a fans were using it, though, I'm saying, and they weren't, like... Yeah, but the it, way you said it, it was very correct. condescending. So no, it wasn't. Let them, let them use it however no. they want to. I'm just saying it was cringe. Yeah, gatekeeper. Uh, Tony Schiavone. Yeah, whatever. Uh, 
Tony Schiavone, we said this before. Will Nightingale, Jay Cargill, Battle of Belts. So, uh, after this squash match, Luchasaurus against Fuego Del Sol. Jungle Boy comes out and uh, says, you broke my heart. Now he's going to break your fingers, your nose, your arm. He's going to break that horn off your head. He's going to break you into miserable pieces. And, you know, next time uh, he said he doesn't want to do that now, he's going to do it in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Jungle Boy already looks like a moron, so he's going to come out there, probably get the one up. Makes sense. If, he, if he loses the Luchasaurus, that's like, what are you doing? Yeah, definitely not a pillar of AEW. He's got, he's got to get this one because he Speaking lost it all pillar. out. So now it's like you have to put Jungle Boy over here. So Andrade gets sent home because of these actions that we spoke about during this uh, backstage scrum in um, – at Fallout. At all. No, not at all out. This backstage scrum at Rampage, at Rampage uh, Dynamite earlier in the night. So Andrade gets sent home. Oh, Sammy Gav- I thought you were talking about. No, there, there's a backstage fight every week. So it's like. So Andrade gets sent home. Sammy Guevara gets the pinfall in the main event. They over- had they had CM Punk, Ace Steel, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega get into an altercation. They were all suspended. They they were stripped of their titles. They're still not back. Apparently, Michael now, like, now like the big now the big rumor on the wet on the sheet site is that like apparently somebody is not working with the uh, the people that are doing this like special like special op or whatever it is. What does that mean? I'd, like there's somebody that's looking into this case about the altercation, and apparently somebody who is involved with this is not cooperating. Cooperating. Hmm. Yeah. But Michael Nakazawa, who it is. Christopher Daniels, Brandon Cutler, Pat Buck were all suspended for breaking the fight up. Sammy and Andrade get into an altercation. He's main eventing, like you said. And not only that, he gets the pinfall. Eddie Kingston was also suspended for an altercation. So was Sammy Guevara for, for the other week. But the three-year anniversary episode, love or hate Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, don't even get to be on the episode because of a backstage altercation. They literally helped start AEW. And like you said, Sammy Guevara picks up the actual win. This isn't the, I feel like this is like the third time that we've heard something negative around Sammy Guevara. Fourth. The first, we, we had the Sasha Banks incident. I think there was another incident too. There was the Eddie Kingston incident. I think there was an incident in between that. I I wouldn't put it past him, but like... Also, I guess, I mean, if you want to... I don't want to speculate anything, but the fans really are set on thinking that he was cheating on his ex-fiance. That's, I I think, why they hate Ty and I don't want to go there. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I think people really hate... There's, like, no proof other than the the vlogs and everything. I think that's why people have a, a really, really hard time liking Sammy and Tay. And he just looks punchable. I say this every week. You just look at him. You just want to punch him in the face. The, uh, He's like one of those guys that comes up to you at a, knocks into you at a club and spills his drink, and he and and he gets mad at you when you're just like, all right, whatever. What um, doesn't make sense is, I guess they were spoken to on Tuesday okay. after the tweets and everything. But before Wednesday, how do you not be like, maybe since Sammy's in the main event, maybe Andrade should just stay home this week. Because they fly him out on Tuesdays. Well, well just, but the, the, the <laughs> was it not happening over the weekend? 
I don't know. I really don't. Ha- I don't remember when the. I think it was happened. like Monday to Tuesday because I remember Dave sending me something on like Tuesday. Let me see. Let me go back. So to if he now. if he flies on in on Tuesday, whatever, just send him home. Be like, brother, stay at the hotel. Yeah, but that's. that's but like, I don't know. Um, let's see. Looking if Tony Khan's be like, "Hey, Andrade, we're not firing you. Don't don't even try to get fired or whatever." And then he shows up. And when then... was the fourth Tuesday? So, yeah, well, yeah. Then Dave started sending me this, and then I started going back. I don't get it, but the the fans, for the most part, uh, they weren't liking this match. They were just cheering F Sammy and Idolo chants. Yeah, there were there were bouts of uh, cheers for the actual match, but. Yeah, I think Sammy everybody Guevara, by that time they all they all read the news. They didn't care about the match. Yeah, I know. It's like, but like again, like how many like I but also too, and I said this to you. This is just me putting my Mark Booker hat on. Like, you know, Chris Jericho. You know, Chris Jericho is one of the faces of AW, and especially with the story that he has going on right now. I'm assuming. And I hate making this assumption. I hate being like this as a wrestling fan and being like uh, being public about it. But like, I'm assuming Jericho was probably like, "You can't send Sammy home. He's in this match. I need him in this match." Yeah, so you could have easily replaced him with Hager. He could have, but or like even anybody else, Matt, Matt Menard or Ange, yeah. Angelo Parker or whoever else. You could just bring back the pizza guy and make him your tag team partner. But, like, again, like I said, this, like, you don't remember, like, the only thing you remember about Sammy Guevara is him doing stupid flips. That's it. Do you remember him having it? Like, oh, my God, that Sammy Guevara match. It was so great. Let me tell you. The, the, the ring psychology used, no, he does dumb flips, and that's about it. And the cutter on Cody in that ladder match. That's, like, the only things you remind him about. Like, next week, if Sammy Guevara's on TV, there has to be, like, something that Sammy Guevara is doing backstage or, like, within the company that is giving him this, like, God, you know, God tier of getting in trouble. When, when, when you have somebody that's involved with several altercations with several different wrestlers, there has to be a point where you say, you have to stay home for a while. But, like... I don't know if it's because he's in the Jericho Appreciation Society or whatever it is. It needs to stop. Again, we're just two wrestling fans that look online at these stupid Twitter accounts to see this stuff. It could be totally wrong. The next day it came out that Sammy Guevara did absolutely nothing and Andrade started the entire thing. So, like, we can't believe anything. Right. Could we? Like, you can't believe it's... But, again... You know, it's funny, people though, are... when you say, like, when you look at Sammy, all you remember are the flips and stuff. Yeah, when stupid, I when I think of Sammy, hat. Sammy was he he was one of the pillars, right? Yeah, and I sent you that thing that uh, Ethan Page said in a promo. He says, you know, if, yeah, if he's one of your right, pillars, right. one of the found your foundation's already cracked because this guy's a PR nightmare, right? But and it's it's true. When I think of Sammy Guevara, I don't even most times in my head like. When you said that thing, I don't associate him with AEW even. <laughs> I associate him with Lucha Underground and AAA. Well, it's... Which, obviously, I mean, he's been in, in AEW since day one. But... Andrade, Andrade's like a AAA guy, right? Uh, yeah. You know you know AAA way more better than... Way more better than me. Um, because, like... Sammy Guevara is like the, the the mixed tag team champion with with Tay, correct? Yeah. He goes to defend that down in, in Mexico. Well, I don't especially... know if Andrade is still. 
I don't think the, he's still. I think it was just like a one-off that he uh, did. Ah, okay, okay. Because I mean, if, if he still has like major ties to AAA and Sammy well, not one-off, but yeah, I don't think I don't think he's booked for any upcoming. I think there was something that happened with that, and I don't know specifically what. So now, so it was supposed to so rampage this week. It's, it was supposed to be ten versus Andrade. That match got cut. It's now. The trio's titles will be on the line when the Dark Order faces off against Death Triangle. Yeah, By the way, Tony John Silver... remembering that he has trio's titles. Yeah, you're doing this crap again. Um, John Silver cut the Pac promo. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, Pac cutting, uh, having double duty that night. Yeah, and then also, too, because they're doing Battle of the Belts on Friday as well. So you get in two hours... FTR against Gates of Agony. You get Pac versus Tramperetta. Jade Cargill versus... Uh, Willow. Will Nightingale, it's good. That's a great. Three great matches you're going to get. A lot of people really do think Willow's going to win. And there's four matches booked, I think, for that. Who, who, what's the other one? What I don't remember the four you, the three you said. <laughs> I just said it two seconds Did you say ago. FTR? FTR, Gates of Agony, Pac versus Tremperetta, Jade Cargill versus Willow Nightingale. I'm almost certain there's a fourth match. Maybe there's uh, not, though. Let's see. Battle of the Belts. Four. Let's see. No, I think it's just three on there. See, uh, yeah, Death Triangle. Uh, Rampage is going to be Death Triangle versus the Dark Order. I'm hoping the Dark Order wins that, actually. Um, I think they deserve it. Uh, you, then you, Oh, the tag team match you're going to have on Rampage is going to be Madison, Rain, and Sky Blue versus J- J- oh. Anna JAS and Ty Mello. Uh, and then you're going to get a tag team match, the Varsity Blondes versus Woods and Nice. How about that? Claudio Casagnoli, John Moxley, and Wheel Yuta against Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, and Roosh. And then Pac versus Tramperetta, Jade Cargill versus Will Nightingale, and FTR versus the Gates of Action. Yeah, I guess it is just three. Yeah, so you get seven matches that night. Should they, like, maybe just been like, this is a two-hour Battle of the Belts? Made it, made it, like, Rampage Battle of the Belts? Yeah. And, like, space them out instead of doing... I mean, you could have done that, but, like, I guess they want to make they want to make it different from... I wonder if you're gonna, they're going to, like, do, like... <laughs> I wonder if they're going to stop. All right, we'll see you, we'll see you in 30 seconds for uh, Battle of the Belts. Go to commercial, then come back with uh, Battle of the Belts. So, well, that's, I, I mean, that's what they did last last week with the, or two weeks ago with the two-hour. Yeah, true. Okay, we'll see. I don't know. Great wrestling. I mean, there, if, since you, you thought with All Out, the drama was behind you, but now there's a whole new thing of drama going on here. Somebody, um, I think, had to sign hire an HR department or something. Yes, like hire HR expert. So that's that when it comes to the exhausting all elite wrestling. Uh, let's talk about independent wrestling because there's, there's a lot of independent wrestling that's going on this weekend. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling, GCW, is back home, you could say, at the Showboat Hotel in Atlantic City. Um, two nights of GCW Fight Club. Night one, your main event is John Moxley will be defending his GCW championship against Nick Gage in a career versus title match. Um, I'm assuming where John Moxley's going to win this one, and I'm also assuming that Matt Cardona is going to get involved somehow. Because I know he... You think Nick Gage is retiring? Yeah. Apparently he said he doesn't have that much time left. So I mean, did he sign like a thirty-year deal with GCW? Well, something? you know, maybe maybe he's, he's Booker Man for all these uh, death matches and stuff like that. Nick Gage, uh, Nick Wayne, who's uh, signed to All Elite Wrestling, like right, uh, is going to be facing off against Shun Skywalker. I probably said that wrong. Uh, you're going to have Ali Catch against uh, 
Sawyer, what's, I forget her, Sawyer Ship, Ship, I don't know names, I'm so sorry, um, because it only says the last name on what I'm looking at here, uh, but yeah, Mike Bailey is going to be facing off against Yamato, Joey Janelle is going to be facing off against Cole Rad- Radrick, um, it's going to be great, and then Sunday they have uh, so, an event too. So, there's nothing that happened with uh, Bobby Fish? No, what, what Game Change Wrestling? No, well, I thought you were done with that. No, I'm not done with that. What, I thought you were going to talk- go into Impact. Yeah, we can talk about Impact now, too. Bound for Glory is Friday. So by the time you listen to it, Bound for Glory is already over. <laughs> uh, Bobby Fish is in the Call, Your Shot Gaunt- the Call Your Shot Gauntlet. So it's an intergender gauntlet. The winner receives a trophy and a contract they can evoke at any time within one year for a championship of their choosing. So I know Killer Kelly's in it, uh, PCO... Bobby Fish is in it, Steve Macklin, Moose, Sammy Callahan, Tasha Steeles, Savannah Evans, Eric Young. Um, so that, Mickey James is, you know, Mickey James announced her last rodeo. She's going to have her last uh, series of matches until she loses and she'll officially retire. Uh, on Bound for Glory, she's going to be facing off against Mia Yim. So if she loses, she retires. I don't see her retiring. Uh, Mike Bailey will be defending his X Division Championship against Frankie Kazarian. Do you think Frankie Kazarian's bringing the X Division title to AEW? I have no idea. You have no idea. I, I can't see that happening. Uh, Vexed VXT will be facing off against the Death Dolls of Jessica. I like. I, I like how Jessica. She's been the the whatever uh, the the Havoc Death Machine for so long. She's now changed her gimmick up to Jessica because she's just sick. Uh, with team of Tile Valkyrie, we uh, facing off for the Knockouts World Championships. I don't know more will be defending their titles against the Motor City Machine Guns. Jordan Grace, who I have to say, like, has gotten unbelievable shape. She good for her. Uh, will be defending her knockout world championship against Masha Slamovich, who they've really been hyping up, so I could maybe see Masha taking the knockouts world championship. Uh, Eddie Edwards will be defending his Impact World Champion. No, Josh Alexander will be defending his uh, Impact World Championship against Eddie Edwards. And on the pre-show, you're going to have Brian Myers defending his Impact Digital Media Championship against someone. We don't know who it's going to be. He walked the halls last night on Impact saying, it's going to be you? No, it's not going to be you. Could we see Matt Cardona come back and tag team partners face off? Be a crazy weekend. Do you think that? I Maybe. I don't know. Matt's, uh, uh, Matt's on his uh, list now to get back all the titles that he has lost. And one of those that he had to give up, actually he lost it to Rich Swan, was the Impact Digital Media Championship. So it'll be a, a crazy weekend. Given that it's, uh, uh, I guess, a pay-per-view. Yeah. Perhaps like a surprise name. That could be that could be it too. We'll have to see. Um, so yeah, Impact Wrestling, because I know they have tapings the next day, so I don't know how that would work. But it's a crazy weekend for the major pod boys, as not only do they have Impact Wrestling, not only were they at Comic-Con, this Sunday, live on Fight, it's going to be FWF Live 4. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to watch it live for the first time out of all four of them, which I'm kind of bummed about. So you're going to have a bunch of really fun matches. Heath will be defending his Interstate Championship against PJ Black, so the Nexus and the Core implodes here. Uh, you're going to have your work rate match has been dubbed as Rich Swan is going to be facing off against Aaron Rourke. If you're not familiar with Aaron Rourke, go check out some of his stuff from Beyond. Uh, Limitless, he's been doing, he's been well, another creative pro guy that has been uh, t- taking the independent wrestling scene. 
Uh, your hardcore championship will be on the line as Max Smasher, Smasher, Max Smash Master defends against Gangrel. That should be cool. You're going to have a tough enough street fight as Matt Cardona will be facing off against Maven. Uh, this has you know, been stemming from uh, Maven not helping out during his uh, renewal of his vows at GCW. Been calling him out. Maven accepted the challenge. Women's action is Chelsea Green's going to be facing off against Rosemary. Teddy Goods will be facing off against Rackhod Steve Boston, who is essentially just the Boston version of Stone Cold Steve Boston. You have the J. George Open Challenge, which is always fun. You're going to have a Toyetic 10-man tag match. Uh, and your main event will be Col- will be VSK defending his FWF championship against Colt Cabana and Smart Mark Sterling. I would love to have see Colt Cabana win the championship. I would also love to see Smart Mark Sterling. No offense to VSK. I think he's outstanding, but, uh, you know, it'll be fun. And, the, and these events are always fun. All the first three have been outstanding. It was fun to be there front row for Live 3. Uh, but unfortunately, due to commitments, I will not be able to watch it, but I'll watch it when I get home. So you guys should watch it on Fight. It is a 2 p.m. bell time, so right in the afternoon, sit there. The Giants play at 9 a.m. I don't give two apps about the Jets. Sit there and watch some FWF Live 4. Was that everything that I wanted to get to in the world of independent wrestling? It sure was. And on that note, let's get to my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week, Wardlow versus Brian Cage. If you watched it, it was awesome. Um, I like the tweet that Rasslin sent out. Said, I hope somebody checks on Big E during this match. Because it was two big, meaty men slapping meat. (laughs) Um, And on that note, let's get to Brandon Shoutouts. This is Droopy Dog, and you're listening to Brandon Shoutouts. The first shout-out goes to Hocus Pocus 2. I heard it wasn't that good. Yeah, maybe I'm in the minority here. I thought it was fantastic. All right. Lizzo, is Lizzo in it? Lizzo's not in it. Okay, then why do I see Lizzo, like, tooting some flute and people saying that Hocus was Pocus? That was at a concert in D.C. She played okay. uh, one of the former president's flutes. Okay. Okay. All right, continue. Sorry. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good film. They They hit on a bunch of stuff from the original, and I thought everything made sense. It made sense as to how they're back. They paid tribute to Gary and Penny Marshall, which I liked. The only thing really missing was the original cast, like the 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 kid the kid cast, I guess. Okay. But maybe we'll get a third and final film. So everything's better in trios. Yeah, and I'll I'll also mention that if you uh, head over to our TikTok account. You can see a video of Bette Midler performing I Put a Spell on You as Winifred from a concert that I went to at Madison Square Garden, which was one of the coolest things I've ever seen at a concert. Wow. It was my big uh, Hocus Pocus mark. I'm going to see Gorillas this coming week. Nice. Yeah. Except I know you hate them. That. Yeah, yep. screw the lead singer. <laughs> yep. Screw the lead talker. I'm really uh, upset when I don't see cartoons on stage. <laughs> Next shout-out goes to Epcot. They celebrated its uh, 40th anniversary this past week. I saw somebody on Twitter say that Disney cast members, at one point, they were they were doing a speech or whatever, and said that the festivals are what make Epcot Epcot. And they thought it was funny and sad. And I was like, I, I completely disagree with that. Yeah, because, so do I. Like, I think the festivals are huge, a huge part of Epcot. And I'm glad they do them. I've seen so many concerts because of Epcot doing those festivals. So, I think you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think they're wrong too. I, you know what? 
uh, Epcot, I think, is like my number two favorite park. Just because, you know me, I'm a foodie. I'm a, you know, I, I like to enjoy a, a few alcoholic beverages. So, like, get to, go on a, get to go on a cool ride, you know, have something to eat, have a nice drink, walk around with the drink, see this, you know. Uh, figments. So, awesome. Getting, getting his own movie. I know. So, it, that's going to be really awesome. And then my last shout-out goes to Loretta Lynn, who unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 90. Known for songs like Coal Miner's Daughter and You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man. She was a trailblazer for women in country music and helped break down barriers that paved the way for country music today. And I never got to see her live, but I always thought it would be really cool to see her live. But unfortunately, that won't happen. So shout out to Loretta Lynn. And those are my shout outs. Now it's time for... Our moment of the week. That is right, our mark out moment of the week. It was my match of the week, but I also I marked out during that Wardlow Brian Cage match. It's just the things that those guys were doing, especially when he hit that whisper. Wardlow hit that whisper, and then we're in, I was going nuts about it. I definitely marked out for that Dalton Brown post, one hundred percent. Oh, that too. Oh my god, absolutely. I was like, oh my god. I'm like, I gotta send this to somebody right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, something I feel like I've spoken about it on the show before, but on the Tonight Show on Friday last week, Debbie Harry was on. And they brought up her being on the cover of a wrestling magazine with Andre the Giant. Okay. And then they spoke about her always Lisa going her Blondie? to... What? Blondie? Lisa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they spoke about her always going to the, the shows at Madison Square Garden because she was such a fan. She had, like, she met somebody who, like, she didn't know if they worked for Vince or if they worked for Madison Square Garden. But she always had, like, front row tickets or whatever. And then they showed a picture of her in the ring with Andy Kaufman, which was apparently from a one-night Broadway show. Or, or I don't know if it was one night, but it was uh, it closed pretty quick, apparently. Okay. But they did a Broadway show together where it involved wrestling. Yeah, it's called The Last Match Musical. Yeah. And apparently it's getting, it's getting rave reviews. Andy Kaufman and Debbie Harry. <laughs> yeah. It, it started said, the... off-Broadway and then it moved to Broadway, but I don't know how long it was. But I thought it was pretty cool, nonetheless, that they were that they spoke about on the tonight show and she spoke about so much about being a pro wrestling fan. I know she has definitely spoken about that in the past too. Yeah. Uh, another thing I marked out Tyler breeze making his uh, WWE return, perhaps I guess uh, at comic-con right. And on the bump. Well, yeah. On WWE, the bump with big E in studio guests. I thought it was nice to see both of them. I like them bringing up the left, right, left, right championship and how he should be the rightful holder. And they played the video where after Tyler Breeze was released, where like he like took the title and stole it, basically, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, maybe and, he's working uh, in like a, a backstage capacity now. Could be a it, good trainer. I, I would love to see him back on TV with Dango. Yeah, Dango's. I think Dango's uh, working the Indies for a couple more years than he's done. I saw Oni uh, Lorkin was apparently a guest trainer this week at the yeah. Performance Center. Yeah, good for him. People, I guess uh, all the Triple H guys are coming back. Yeah. So. Um, um, also, I want to say it's cool that uh, Rusev and Lana retweeted my tweet about them in the Rock at Barclay Center. Yeah. 
I saw on, that uh, October sixth, two thousand fourteen, while I was at Limp Biscuit and Machine Gun Kelly. I can't believe you went to that concert. I'm a big fan of Limp Biscuit. Yeah, to an extent where I like their main songs. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you're not like you're not listening to Full Nelson off of. Uh, that's the no. best, that's my favorite Limp Biscuit song. No. Star, I like I like Limp Biscuit like their popular songs. Whatever. I think it was cool to see them. I got to hear a WrestleMania theme song, so that was dope. I got to hear Roland, so that's cool. I saw them. Johnny Silver was there. I remember that. I saw them at uh, they opened for Metallica Summer Sanitarium tour. Nice. And that's when West Borland. No, but that's when West Borland wasn't in the band. Uh-huh. West Borland is like is that band. So. And then MGK also. I got to hear a WrestleMania song with that too. So yeah, but we we saw we that. we heard him perform that. Yeah, at WrestleMania. And I, I when I went my match week last week was John Cena versus The Rock, and I had to sit through that again. That and Florida. I was just sitting here like with my kids. I'm like, this is. I can't believe I sat through this. Oh my god. I thought it was good. Um, something I marked wait wait. Out. I'm not done with that though. Oh, so sorry. Because Lana. <laughs> Lana is going to be in the the new season of The Surreal Life. Okay. And in the trailer, there's a scene where she's walking down the stairs at a CMLL show. Cool. And I haven't heard anything about her being on one of those shows. So that, like, I was like, wait, what is this? Yeah. So now i got to tune into, I would have tuned in regardless, but. Yeah, you would have. I was a big fan of The Surreal Life, 100%. Nice. Um, Can I say mine now? Yeah. It's non-wrestling related. Oh, I have a non-run too. Okay, well, you go first because I'm going to probably spend a lot of time on mine. On uh, The Masked Singer this week? Oh, okay. Robin Thicke sang the Growing Pains theme song. Yes. I popped at that because his dad is the one who I believe wrote it and he sang the actual theme song. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, Jody Sweeten was in the, uh, was in yeah. the crowd. I, we had my, my kids go. and my wife watched that. So I remember hearing it in the background. So, all right, now on to my, this is the thing I've marked out the most about this week. Yesterday, it's New York Comic Con, but Nintendo released a very special Nintendo Direct with the first teaser trailer for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, Illumination, who does uh, Minions, does The Rise of Gru, uh, The Secret Life of Pets, uh, they're in conjunction with Nintendo to make this movie. It was two and a half minutes, and I was blown away i was I th- under the impression prior to this trailer coming out that it was going to be one of those live action movies like sonic was yeah okay, you, you can't pokemon do that. yeah you can't you can't do it like that um but what i saw i loved and i'm not gonna lie i welled up in with tears at the end of it because it looks like it's just gonna be so good it's not gonna be like that dog crap uh, Super Mario movie from the '90s, which was terrible and had nothing to do I with Mario whatsoever. With you, but uh, I, you, you also think the Tower Heist was a good movie, so it is a good um, movie. Uh, let me continue. I thought it was great. I thought no, it's not. <laughs> um, okay, but I thought Jack Black sounded incredible as Bowser. Um, I thought it looked very Nintendo and very looked true to form. It's funny. I, a lot of people are saying that they think Mario looks a lot like Bob Hoskins. I don't personally see it. I could see that a little bit, but like they kind like they made him in the illumination style of anima- animation. It's very um, clear that Mar like this is a different Mario than, than the video games. It's yes very no. clear because they didn't give him that cake. Um, well, like, well, like <laughs> even like every like all the shapes and everything is completely different. And obviously, it's for a movie, so he's shaded differently. Also, 
yeah, it's from a movie shade differently. I know everybody was going off about how Chris Pratt, he sounds terrible. It was two I, lines. I thought, yeah, and from what the two lines were, I thought it, like, first of all, I don't really care about Mario, but... Oh, Mario, I, from, I, grew, I grew up on Mario and Sonic. So, like, yeah, the I, Sonic movies, Chef's Kiss, mwah, If you kiss. make a Tetris movie, I'm there, but... <laughs> <laughs> Night Shyamalan presents. If they make Tetris. if they make a uh, Aladdin for Sega Genesis movie, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the the first five minutes of the the game are gonna be paused, and then you put the cheat code to go to the next level. <laughs> but, but from I, what Chris Pratt sounded like, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. You too. can't just, sit through a, a whole movie. It's a me. Yeah, I know, but like these the, going the, these, these marks these marks on the internet, you know, like oh my god, this is terrible. I'm not seeing this movie. Like one of our friends' brothers, like. Uh, some voice actor that plays like voices on My Little Ponies, like she's like this should she's like this who uh, I guess she took a picture with the guy who plays the voice of Mario, and then like he's like yep that's why I'm not watching this movie. Yeah, Charles. The... Yeah, that's his name. But I'm like, who cares? Like it's probably. But isn't be... isn't he's in the movie? I thought no. I think he he probably is at some point in the movie. I think the casting of Seth Rogen for Donkey Kong, I'm very interested in. Uh, I be- I could almost guarantee you there's going to be like a part where. Where he gets bashed on the head or whatever, and he goes, "Woo, woo, 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 woo." Yeah, like, like that's, like, that's, that's like, I, like, and Nintendo has been very hands on about this, so I'm not worried about it at all. I'm just like, worried. I'll, I'll watch it maybe once it's streaming or whatever. I've never seen the Sonic movies. Oh, the Sonic movies are fantastic. I know so those good are streaming. Yeah, those. Are, I saw we saw Sonic one in the movie theaters. My family saw Sonic two in the theaters. I watched part of Sonic two for Jordan's birthday party, and. uh I want to see the rest of it. I know Charlie Day, I think, is an interesting cast as Luigi. I think it's very interesting, too. I like um, Key Key is playing yeah, Toad. Yeah, Michael Key. Yeah, he's playing uh, Toad. And the one line, and it's like my sister said, she goes, they're making Toad sound like he's nuts, and I love it. <laughs> so, Oh, we there wasn't Yoshi in the film, right? I, I, they, I didn't, you didn't see it in the teaser trailer. I don't know if they're putting him in there. Hmm. I know like, Cranky Kong's in it, Donkey Kong's in it. Um, I don't know who else, but I'm stoked about it. I've watched the trailer about five times, and I'm really excited for April 7th. So, If you're excited I, for that, you must be really excited for Nintendo World. I am really excited. I told my wife that I don't want to go back to Florida until Nintendo World's done. But, uh, unfortunately, we're already planning our trip for 2014. Unfortunately? So. <laughs> Wait, did you say for 2014? I mean, 2000, next year, 2023. So my wife's playing it already. I was like, man, I'm like, we're not going to Universal. <laughs> I told her, I'm like, not going to Universal. Sorry, pal. When does when's that supposed to open? I think 2024. Hmm. So I know it's opening soon in in California, but we'll uh, we shall see. So yeah, huge mark out for the Super Mario Brothers movie. I'm stoked about it. I'm stoked about professional wrestling this weekend. Uh, and, and that's it. So that's it. Marking out six oh nine. Thank you very much for listening. You can go to and rate, uh, review, and subscribe on all of our major podcasting applications. You can uh, Facebook.com slash Marking Out, Twitter.com slash Marking Out, Instagram, uh, and YouTube.com slash Marking Out 1. 11. 11. Sorry. I, the, getting these emails all day, man, just kind of screwed up my trying to close the show out. Um, <laughs> At TikTok on Marking Out, BTTG161, Twitter, Instagram, Chris Dog on Twitter, CMSween85 on Instagram, David PTDPT on both. What about... Um, MarkingOut.com? ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out. Yeah. 
fall fall sale this week. Fall twenty, right? He gets twenty uh, percent. You know what sucks? Yeah. I bought shirts last week, and then all of a sudden they throw this 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 sale on us. I'm like, As Man. someone with a store, you should have known. Do, don't we get like a special code to download stuff to get like a discount or for us? Yeah, we do. I believe so for our shirts. Oh, not for like other shirts. No, just use, oh, that stinks. All right. So <laughs> on that note, we wish you the the. Good luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.